it's important to know that we have our own views as we entered this conversation that is very controversial and that Mm -hmm, you know can can be uncomfortable for a lot of people so listen to the opinions given here but know that they are our own and you know that we are not pushing you to go one way or another that what we want you to know is that this is why it matters to me this is my reality this is my relationship with voting and this is why this matters to me and i'm gonna do my part to make my voice heard by showing up and going and, and casting my vote and that's what we want you to do as well we want you to say okay this is my reality this is my vision this is my voice and i want it to be heard and that's why i'm gonna go and vote Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Live with Chris. I am very, very, very excited to be here today. It is Monday, September the 19th. It is 9.57, and this is the first show of our new season. This is the first show of fall 2022. It's it's a new season. It's um, a new segment, and, you know, it's an election year as well. But um, I am excited to have you with me today, and I thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, As I said earlier, 2022, it's an election year here in Maryland, and this coming month of November, all eligible Marylanders will have the opportunity to cast their vote and elect the new governor of our state and other elected officials in their local jurisdictions. And well, to talk about the importance of voting, how to register, the different ways in which you can vote this year, and how to be an active participant, even if you're not eligible to vote. I am joined this morning by the Vice President for Program League of Women Voters of Howard County, Laura Meadow, and one of our dragons, and intern at the Office of Student Life, Joy Rice. And let me bring them on screen here so you guys can see them. And, you know, the history of voter rights here in the United States is extensive and it's messy. And um, if, if I may start a conversation today with just a very abbreviated overlook of it, um, starting in the late 1700s, when you know, voting rights were first instituted as a right generally limited to white male landowners. Um, moving fast forward to the 1800s, when in theory, but not necessarily in practice, uh, people could not be denied the right to vote because of the race. Then in the 1920s, um, all women in America earned the right to vote. And then we move on to 1965, to the Voting Rights Act of 1965, which ensured that states would not implement limiting policies that suppressed eligible voters from exercising the right to vote. And last, we go to 1971, when young people 18 and up gained their right to vote here in America. And that brings us right to here, to our conversation this morning, today here, 2022, where all citizens of this country have the choice to vote. And um, I say the choice and I emphasize the choice because actually my country in Ecuador um, 
you don't you have to vote like we are required to vote and you have for many things that we need to do you have to show your voter registration card but um you know i want to start a conversation today because um the history is is really really um serves as background and is important to know because um because of that choice right that we have and and laura i would love to start this conversation with you because um having that choice means that I can decide whether I'm going to show up to vote or I'm just not going to do that, right? And I know that the sentiment uh, in, for, I guess at this point has been about 10, 12 years at least that I can say um, is that people feel a little apprehensive about voting. They're not uh, fully committed to this idea of showing up and voting. And um, I want you to tell us why it is so important that people actually choose to exercise the right to vote. Um, how does that affect you know, my daily living? Why is it important that I go and get up uh, in the morning of elections or, or make efforts and, and prepare myself to go and vote? Um, how does it affect my community? How does it affect my family? You know, I, I'm going to just my my grandmother, my grandparents were immigrants to this country, and they never took the right to vote for granted. My grandmother remembered when she had the, when she earned the right to vote, and and she was, you know, there's a story. She was talking with a family. She says, "Oh, with a friend who was, you know, waffling on it." She says, "Well, I just had to swear that I give away the King of England. I didn't have to give away Ireland." You know, so it was, you know, it was something that that was taken very, very seriously in my family because it wasn't something that was taken for granted. And we tend to take it for granted. And I think we have a lot of movement around this country in some places where there's people who want to say, oh, we're going to take that right away from you. We're going to take that right away from you. And we are going to make sure that we're going to make it more difficult to vote. And if you vote for someone we don't like, we're going to take reserve the right to change your vote and to change the outcome of the election because we really only want our party to be in charge. And that party tends to be a party that promotes white male power and Christianity. And I mean, to the exclusion of including women and minorities and, and uh, non-Christians in, in, their, in their worldview. And, and I say that as a white Christian, you know, but, but I think that's, that's important. And We've seen recently the Supreme Court indicated that state legislators have the authority to dictate health care decisions related to pregnancy. Well, I had an ectopic pregnancy. I was lying on a gurney. I had three kids, 16, 12, and 10. And I could have died in some of these states if they weren't going to allow me to have the health care I needed for a, for a zygote that could never have been brought to term. So that's a decision that I just don't think legislatures belong in the middle of. And I think virtually every woman in this country who's ever had a baby does not want the state legislature in the delivery room with her. They don't want the state legislature, legislature in the gynecologist office with them. And so if you, you know, it's important that you elect the right people to the state legislature. It's important that you elect the right governor. Um, and, you know, we take it for granted, but we have a democracy so we can get rid of bad government. You know, you mentioned the, the 26th Amendment for the gave the children, you know, adults under the age of 21 the right to vote. That was voted on. That was lowered during the Vietnam War era because young people protested so much about being sent to drafted and sent against their will to fight in a war in Asia that wasn't in our national interest. They didn't perceive that. 
and they were dying in large numbers. It was on the TV every night, all these battlefield scenes. And that galvanized the country to change the law. So your, your voice does matter. You know, I, I, your passion is, it's, comes through. I feel it. <laughs> I feel it. And I, I, you know, I do, I do want to clarify that our conversation, you know, it's, it's important to know that we have our own views as we right. entered this conversation that is very controversial and that, mm -hmm, sure. you know, can, can be uncomfortable for a lot of people. So right. listen to the opinions given here, but know that they are our own and, you know, that we are not pushing you to go one way or another, that what we want you to know is that this is why it matters to me. This is my right. reality. This is my relationship with voting. And this is why this matters to me. Correct. And I'm going to do my part to make my voice heard by showing up and going and, and casting my vote. And that's what we want you to do as well. We want you to say, okay, this is my reality. This is my vision. This is my voice. And I want it to be heard. And that's why I'm going to go and vote. Um, Joy, why is it important for young adults? Um, you know, Laura just told us a little bit of the history of um, why that law was instituted. But I think that as, as you know, I'm, I'm not super old, but my kids will tell you otherwise. <laughs> so clearly I'm not that young anymore, right? But, um, but I have to say, I don't know that I was ever really involved. I think my involvement came later in my life as I, you know, was really looking for ways to make an impact and a change. And, um, but I, I at, at the beginning, when I was much younger, I was the first one to say, I want to vote in Ecuador because I had to vote in Ecuador, right? But here in the States, I was like, ah, I'd rather stay away from politics. And I think that a lot of um, younger people, maybe my generation, maybe your generation is, is, has a different mentality. But, um, you know, I want you to talk to your young adults and, and I want you to tell them why it is important to get involved, why it is important to learn about the candidates, to register to vote, and then actually show up the day of election and, and cast your vote. What impact can you guys bring? Right. Um, that's a great question. And first and foremost, First and first of all, um, I think it's very important for younger people to be in tune with just the political environment that they're living in now, because regardless if you pay attention to it or not, it's going to affect you. And I think specifically with the Roe versus Wade being overturned, I've seen a lot of younger people outside of the Supreme Court in the streets um, protesting against their local governments, against their local politicians. So it's not necessarily that we're not involved, it's just, what action can we take beyond just protesting, beyond just civic engagement? And I think that when it comes to voting, the process seems kind of um, not as attractive, if that makes sense. Like it's not as appealing to younger voters because of just the process of registering to vote and showing up to the polls. It's a lot of commitment that I, I don't think our generation is necessarily willing to put out unless it's directly affecting them. And even though it is directly affecting them, we don't realize it until it's too late. But in the 2020 election, that is when we had the most voter turnout because of how um, just polarizing and controversial a lot of takes were and how that engaged a lot of younger voters to be involved and they felt compelled to be at the polls and make a difference. But as um, this election has turned out, I think that what we'll see in the future is that will decline because people are becoming less um, 
turned on by the po politicians and the media. And I think that that will have an effect on not only the laws that we see in the future, but the people that are making the laws. And it's really important to be involved because these politicians that are in office are making laws based on their standards of living. Like Laura mentioned, um, I think that it's a certain population that they are targeting and it's not necessarily the younger voters like 18 to 29 or certain demographics like African-American, white, whatever. Well, obviously white, but um, I think that the biggest issue is if you allow yourself to become um, redundant or just reluctant to the fact that there are uh, politicians in office making um, laws that are going to affect you, you're not going to be able to um, really make a difference until it's too late, because at the end of the day, those politicians are in office and they're making those laws and they're voted by people that actually put in the work to go to the polls. Like the older generations, they pay attention to the media. They are extremely involved. Like they sit down, go on Facebook. They make sure that they go to the polls when it's time to vote. And it starts at the primary elections. It starts from the local elections. I think that a lot of younger voters um, turn out at the presidential elections because it seems more a bit competitive and there's more emphasis on the political parties. However, when it turns out, when it comes to um, local elections, we're not as in tune because we're not taking the initiative to understand the campaigns. And also it's important for politicians running those campaigns to target younger voters. I think in a lot of campaign elections, the advertisements are towards a certain group of people, primarily millennials, primarily older people. So I think that if we change just the content of campaigning and um, the ads that are being uh, sent to the public, it could definitely have an effect on younger voters being engaged and just becoming familiar with the voting process, especially in schools, like just becoming familiar with how to vote and making it sound fun and exciting to do because I think that that's the biggest most effective way for voters to be in tune specifically in my age group. Thank you for all of that and thank you for bringing up um, the fact that's the perfect segue to my next question which is you know the presidential elections you know and we put them next to the local elections right and and Laura usually just just like Joey so beautifully said, I mean, usually we just pay attention every four years when we have to elect our president, right? That That's when everybody's talking about it. It becomes of importance. Um, but, you know, in just a couple of months, we're, we're going to be electing here in our local county, um, the people who are going to be serving us. So let's talk about the importance and the urgency, right? Why Why they matter I would want to even say a little more than the presidential well, elections. I agree. They matter more because, I mean, the, the, let's face it, the president actually doesn't, isn't in charge of that much. That happens throughout the country. They, they set national policy, but the Congress, this, the, the House of Representatives and the Senate se seem to get very little done because they, um, they argue a great deal. And um, so most of the business that, can, that happens in Maryland and in Howard County is done in Annapolis with the state government or in Ellicott City with the, with the local government. You know, when you got up this morning, you took a shower. That water, that clean, fresh water was paid for by the, the government that laid the, the lines, that brought the lines in, that paid for the water treatment plant, that even set the laws that um, prevented water pollution, to, that made it possible for you to have that water come into your house. 
The food you ate was inspected under the government food safety program, and that was created over 100 years ago because poison food was being sent to the public. Um, so the, the roads you drove on, the Howard Transit bus that you may have ridden on are all provided by the government, paid for by the taxpayers, us, even though they might be built and operated by contractors. You're at a publicly funded college. The people we elected to pay the bills, um, we elected in, in Ellicott City pay the bills and they make the decisions on how to expand those beautiful facilities at HCC that were built over the last decade. Tuition payments don't cover all of that. So local government has provided all that and state government has provided all that. And, um, and a lot of the employers in, local, in this area also are government agencies. There are federal government agencies, there are contractors that do work for the government. So you wanna be prepared to do that. The county council makes the zoning and development decisions about where housing is gonna be built. The board of education decides what, public school, what policies the public schools will follow. And the general assembly passed the biggest package of climate change and environmental legislation in the past session in years to promote clean energy and protect the environment. The state legislature defines most criminal matters and penalties. They make the decisions and they do respond to public opinion and voters. In fact, we have a couple of very important ballot questions on the ballot this November that you will want to go vote for. Um, there are several that are on the ballot, but two of the most significant of interest to the public um, statewide are asking voters to legalize cannabis and marijuana in our state. It, right now they're illegal, although we have made some decriminalization, of, there's currently decriminalization of a very small amount of marijuana, uh, less than 10 grams. But this would begin, they're, they're seeking the public's approval to begin the process of legalizing cannabis in our state so that it can be licensed and regulated and, um, and taxed and, and that we can, that, that people won't get in trouble for it. You know, more than half of Marylanders actually have a report over the age of 18 having used marijuana in their, in their lifetime. Um, but, and whites actually require, report a 55% reusage rate, blacks a 46% usage rate, but blacks are twice as likely than whites to be arrested and criminalized um, for marijuana use. And that's just wrong. And so by, by changing the dynamic here and moving to a treatment and legalization and regulation environment, we can, and that's, this is my personal opinion, not the league's opinion, we can, we can change some of that. Howard County is also asking voters to ratify the Liberty Act, which forbids county employees, including police, school, public health officials, from asking about citizenship or immigration status and keeping it confidential. And that makes that all elements of our community can contact the police without fear of being outed to ICE um, when they need them. They can go to the hospital, they can get public services for food or for housing or for whatever else they may need. They can send their kids to school and they, without fear that immigration is gonna show up necessarily at the door because they went to talk to a county agency. So those are all issues that you get a chance to weigh in on and you should go vote. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I know there's passionate, passionate people on both ends of those questions, <laughs> right? right? There <laughs> well, are, you know. you know, so. 
pro and against. So right. wherever you are in that, you know, in that question, wherever you are in that debate, it is important that you go and vote, that you register and you go and vote. Um, Joe, you talked about, you know, ways in which uh, we need to engage our youth. So tell us, how do you stay engaged, right, in between elections? Because um, that's the other thing is like, Elections are for this period of time is a one day. And then, well, right now, I guess we have, you know, early voting, we have voting by mail, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a little bit. But um, you, you mentioned that you mentioned that, you know, maybe we're not in tune. And unless there's like a big, big thing going on, then we tune in and then we come and, and cast our vote. Um, I mean, but Laura just talked about two issues and two questions that are going to be coming up uh, in November. And those are big deals, right? So how do we, how do we, how do you personally get, uh, stay engaged? And how would you tell other young adults um, to stay engaged? Right. So I think the beauty of just Gen Z in general is how fast we can just spread information and allow like an entire generation to feel a certain way about a certain issue. So um, personally, since I'm always on my phone, that is honestly the best way to stay engaged. And as a generation that uses social media like constantly, it's extremely accessible to just tune into a local campaign. And I think this is why I emphasize the importance of, you know, starting to um, aim campaign ads at younger voters is so that we can feel included. And I know that there were certain politicians, especially once um, mass shootings started happening at our schools, um, they started changing just the tone and the direction of their campaign videos, trying to aim towards us and um, allowing the younger generation to really tune in to politics. Because it's not like we're not tuned in. It's just we're selectively tuned in. And I think that when we can constantly be given information that shows a direct impact within our group, it will definitely cause more voter turnout. And I think that especially like in schools, there needs to be more emphasis on the voting process and just the effects that it has on us. Because I know that a lot of people, specifically me, I realized how impactful voting really was when Donald Trump was elected and just like the change in the Supreme Court and in our um, Capitol Hill. So it's just really important to really start at the local levels and build your way up because they all inherently are gonna affect you. And I think that when voters, like younger voters, utilize their phones and just social media or just the web in general, I think that would cause um, massive voter turnout and I think that would be more effective and that's honestly the easiest way to stay in tune but you could also like volunteer at campaigns you know like I did that in the summer I volunteered for a democratic campaign and I also volunteered for a republican campaign and I think that what I gained from that was just kind of the differences in both political parties and how they viewed um, politics and just like what they saw as the most effective and um you know, I saw certain behaviors that our former president emboldened in different political groups, and I think that was important. And I think that it's important for younger voters to kind of be exposed to that and really understand that the differences in the parties could be detrimental to a certain group. Because while you may see it as a political view, that could be someone's rights being taken away. So, and that could be my rights being taken away as a Black woman and just a younger voter. So I think that it's really important for voters to, you know, just volunteer for a campaign election, um, write a letter to your congressman or 
women. Like it, it doesn't really take much for our group to be involved. It's just more of how do we want to be involved? How are we willingly going to allow ourselves to participate in this? Or are we going to stand by and watch our future be made by older people? I love that you said we are selectively tuned in because then I think the challenge is then let's everyone else be intentional about making sure that you're electing and selecting to be tuned in. I think that's that's a challenge that we can all be uh, active participants on. Um, let's, uh, Laura, let's, let's talk about, um, you know, Joy, you said, you know, it affects my rights if, if we don't know. And I, I love that you said that you volunteer in both campaigns and in and, and both parties. I think that that's something that's needed also that we, you know, we need to form um, our opinions based on facts. And if we dive on both on both sides and we really understand that we can really form a strong opinion and, and be, be sure and certain of where we fall within the debates that are out there, right? But um, Laura, let's talk about the populations, the segments of the population who are not eligible to vote um, and are here in America, right? We are talking about permanent residents. We're talking about uh, work permit holders. We're talking about dreamers and documented residents. Um, just These are just some of the groups that come to my mind. Um, you spoke about your parents being immigrants, right? And I don't know whether they were citizens or not. I don't know what the law said at the time, but um, you know, what can, how can a person, how can somebody who does not have the right to vote here in America still be an active participant in the electoral process and why should they get involved? Well, a few months ago, um, several members of the immigrant community testified very movingly to the county council about the unmet needs of some of their families. Um, and and that, was, that hearing was something that I heard about from many people who saw it for like a week or two. It, it, it made a difference. You know, um, county and state governments and agencies exist to serve all the residents of our community. You can participate by urging elected officials to support laws that benefit you and your community, and you can urge people who are citizens to vote and, and then speak up when you see something the government needs to improve upon. You can work for campaigns. You can, if you feel strongly about the environment, you can join an environmental advocacy group like the Sierra Club or the, the Citizens Climate Lobby. All those, those people need it. If you feel very strongly about, if you feel very strongly um, in favor of pro-life, you can join a pro-life movement. If you feel very strongly about any Black Lives Matter, you can join Black Lives Matter. You can always serve as an advocate for, um, and you can write letters and you can testify. There's no prohibition against any of that if you're not a citizen. Um, the Liberty Act is gonna be on the ballot. So, you know, you can talk to the people that you know about that. Um, and, and that's just what I can say. And I actually, Joy, I love the fact that you went to see for yourself. By, vote, by volunteering in both campaigns. I'm baked, I'm fully baked now, but I love the fact that you went to find out, so. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thanks, thanks for your uh, transparency with that. But yeah, you know, and and thank you for bringing that up. Um, one of the the one of the the, the best stories that I have ever heard is, um, I know that he is involved in politics in Montgomery County. I cannot remember his name right now, but um, 
he talked about his story and he talked about his parents um, being immigrants and undocumented. And he mm -hmm. remembered, right? But he was born here in the States, so he's a citizen. And he remembers his mom calling on uh, her friends and telling them, hey, her, her friends who could vote and telling them, mm -hmm. hey, have you already re registered to vote? What are you waiting for? Um, where are you in this issue? Have you considered this? Have you like she was actively calling people and telling them that they needed to go and vote? So um, for everybody who's listening and watching, and maybe maybe you're you're not eligible to vote yet, but you feel strongly about something, you can still be an active participant. You can encourage family friends um, who are eligible to vote to go out get um you know get more information on the issues share with them your views and then ask them to go and cast their vote um we're actually having an event um joy tomorrow here at hcc that i i want you to tell us all about it. it's called dragon voter and constitution day um tell us more about the event what you know mm -hmm. our students can find details when what all of the answers yeah, so we're actually having um, an event. It's called Constitution Day. And basically, it will be an entire day full of um, just um, information so that students can understand and learn the voting process. And um, it will be a panel of professors in the social sciences department. There will be Professor Michael Heffron as well as Professor Yang. So it will be a lot of um, qualified people to help you guys understand just the voting process. I will also be speaking so that I can make the connection with then my own age group, because I think when um, a lot of older people encourage younger voters to vote, the message kind of gets misconstrued because I feel like we don't really see it as something as um, important within our age group. So I feel like if I'm able to make that connection with younger voters, you know, give my story as to why it's important to vote, how it affects us and stuff, and make registering fun, you know, like I think that it would really have an impact on just elections moving forward. And um, yeah, so it will definitely be an event for everyone. It's going to be located in the Galleria. Um, it will be taking place from 1220, I believe, to about two o'clock. But um, it would be available for everyone to participate. And then after that, there will be a discussion. Um, the topic at hand will be Roe versus Wade. And that will be led by a group of panelists featuring Professor Heffron. I believe that he is um, going to be leading the conversation and just um, how Roe versus Wade was overturned and different facts about that. And also allow a space for people to give their own opinion about it. Because, you know, I think that we are very opinionated. Gen Z is very opinionated. But I think that the thing is, we need to take action beyond our opinions, action beyond just the protest, action beyond just the letter, because to make your voice really heard, you have to vote. And I think that if we emphasize the importance of voting and the privilege we have of voting, definitely we'll see a different turnout in the future. So come on down if you guys um, have time or if you're free, definitely recommend, you know, just tuning in, learning some new things and getting to meet some new people and just talk to everyone about, you know, your political interests or you don't even have to be politically involved, but voting is like the basics of politics and just living. So I think that um, it's a great event for everyone to attend and I encourage you all to be there. 
thank you for that invitation. And Laura, for those who maybe are not um, at HCC or cannot make it to HCC, some students who may be uh, virtual, just how do we continue this conversation? How do we continue to be involved? And also, if you could share, we are running out of time. I've enjoyed my time with you guys so much, but um, if you could share a little bit also of the process, right? And some key dates sure. that we need to keep in mind this year for elections. Sure, sure. Well, the Board of Elections for the Maryland State and Howard County has a, a Board of Elections website to have a very complete package. They'll tell you when you can register online at their websites. You can request a mail-in ballot to be delivered through, to you through the email if you want to. And, and they tell you when the early voting is, when mail-in ballot drops is, where the mail-in ballot, ballot drop boxes are going to be, and where the polling places are going to be. So the the on the registration deadline is October 18th, except that if you want to go pick up a mail-in ballot or you want to go to the polling place, you can register on vote on election day and they'll take your provisional ballot um, at that point, which they'll verify your registration and that you didn't vote someplace else and they'll go ahead and count your ballot. Um, early, you can request a mail-in ballot now. They're going to start being delivered uh, at the end of this month, beginning of next month. And you can actually go into the election. If you want a mail-in ballot, you can go in on to the Board of Elections on November 8th and get one. It's, it's you, but generally the delivery by November, you need to request one. If early voting is gonna be Thursday, October 27th through Thursday, November 3rd, and in-person voting for a full election day is Tuesday, November 8th. Uh, if you wanna get involved in the league, or you wanna find out more about candidates, uh, the leak uh, has a website called vote411.org where we have information about all the candidates. You put in your address, you find out, you can check your registration, you can find out about the offices you're voting for, where you're voting, who the candidates are, answer the questions that, that their answers to the questions the league asks them, which are of interest to the community, find out about ballot questions, and it is unbiased. It's much more objective than I've been today about some things, but um. The, um, and if you are interested in even more information, if you want to know about voting records of incumbents, you can go to Ballotpedia um, and, 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 and look at the records of incumbents there. They do have a lot of information. Um, and uh, so that's where I go. And, you know, 20, 22 years ago, Al Gore lost the election because the Supreme Court stopped a recount in Florida. So we don't know if he would have been elected president or not. George Bush got us into the Iraq war based in part on a lie. Al Gore was an environmentalist who was, was very concerned about global, global climate change. Think how differently the last 22 years would have been if our president had been someone who was a climate change activist. You're gonna be living through the next 50 years. You have a stake in what happens over the next 50 years. I'm not gonna be alive that long. You care more about that than I do. And what you do today, this year, impacts the future. So vote. Joy, where can our students uh, get involved, get to come and, and, and you know, learn more maybe about student life and also how to stay engaged in you and, and what message do you have for them? Thank you for your words, Laura. Yeah, so... Um... So you guys can visit Student Life. We are in Academic Commons. We are upstairs on the second floor. Um, we basically have a full team of 
people that are interested in talking to you guys about anything related to clubs or events or anything that you guys need more information on. I also will be here in the office. So if you guys would like to speak to me, I will be there as well as tomorrow. You can speak to me after the event or even during the event. Um, and also just the general message that I really want to put out there is that our future is on the line and we're seeing it in our face like now, like even with the water crisis going on, like our air not being as clean as it needed to be. These problems that first introduced itself 10 years ago are now our reality. And I think that it could have been changed. It could have been maybe a different future if we would have taken that initiative, if the younger generation of that time would have taken the initiative to push for smarter politicians and not necessarily Democrat or Republican, more of progressive politicians, because I know that there's a huge amount of politicians that advocate on issues that they don't even advocate for when they're in office. So I think that beyond just voting for a certain political party, you need to vote for a person that emphasizes and has the basic understanding of humans and human life beyond just politics, beyond just um, money and um, other influences that contribute to someone's political ideology. I think that the biggest thing that younger voters need to know is that our voice can be heard within our vote. And it starts there. The protest, the Instagram post about politician is not gonna ever be as effective as actually showing up to the ballot. And if you want to see a future, if you want to even have kids and see your kids grow old, we need to start electing smarter politicians that will prioritize the livelihood for the next 20 years and even now. I love that you both spoke about the longevity of, um, you know, of how the, of the impact of voting, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Laura, you said, imagine how different it would have been for the last 20 years if we had had a different government. Um, and you talked about the future, you said 50 years from now, right? Joy, you just said the same thing. You said, mm -hmm. let's think about, you know, if I want to have a family what world do I want that family to live in, right? Mm -hmm. So it's real, it's an impact, it makes a difference. Um, and it starts with you and it starts, you know, starts today, it starts registering, it starts, um, you know, marking your calendar November the 8th, it's election date here in Maryland. There's other ways that you can do, you can do um, early voting. The last rate, the last date to register as we heard is October 18th. However, you can register the day off and still cast your vote. Um, you know, the last date to request your mail-in ballot is November 1st, and the last date to mail your ballot is November 8th by 8 p.m. So there's many ways for you to be involved. There's many ways for you to be an active participant. Joy, you said it, and I heard you loud and clear. Let's not just stay within our community being active participants there. Yes, it's important. Let's keep doing that but let's also be active. Let's also take action. Let's go ahead, register to vote and show up to vote this November 8th. Laura, Joy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I feel very inspired, um, surrounded. And on my screen, I'm right in the middle. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have power in my left and power in my right. And I love it. So thank you both so much for your message, for sharing your story. And thank you everybody for listening, for watching, for sharing this with everybody else in our community, wherever you are left, right, in the middle, wherever you are in the issues. What matters is that you go, show up, and vote. Have a wonderful day, and until next time, I am Cris Oviedo.
Connect with us. We are Dragon Digital Radio.